Of course we were lost. Because apparently, that's how the gods wanted it to play out. Or, maybe it was the universe's way of responding to what we'd just done. Carla and I took one more airboat ride and made our final trek back to Jim Bob's truck. Then, spent an hour trying to find our way out of the muddle of trees and swamp to no avail. I know it was about an hour because right around the time we got into an argument born from what I attributed to the need for a hot shower and some distance between us, I checked my watch, stopped the truck, and got out of the cab. Why are we stopping? Carla opened the passenger door and got out, watching me as I paced around the woods a few feet from where she stood. Oh, just needed some fresh air. I continued to pace. Oh, okay, that's nice. Take all the time you need. It's not like I'm in a hurry to get out of mosquito hell or anything. Her sarcastic tone grated on my nerves. Carla, we're standing in the middle of nowhere with a vehicle that's almost on empty. I don't think there's any reason to keep driving around aimlessly while chipping away at each other's patience. Is that what you were doing? Because I was just trying to... Oh, I know what you were trying to do. Miss, let's fill the silence with anything to distract me from the fact I just fed my ex to a gator and couldn't be less bothered by it. Are you judging me, Morneau? Is that what we're doing now? If so, I'm going to need to get my notebook. Because I've got a long list of your trepitudes that I would be happy to expound upon. But that means we'll need to stick a pin in this conversation until I get back to my purse. Which is probably still in my car, which is parked next to the meanwhile where we were abducted at the behest of that ex to which you just referred. The same ex, it should be noted, who ordered us into the shock of certain death to which you also refer. Carla's got a set of lungs on her. That last bit sent a flurry of turkey vultures shooting from a thicket of nearby sawgrass with a collective hiss that sounded a lot like recrimination. Bring it down to five, Carla. You're simmering around twelve. And since we're currently trespassing in the home of all manner of wildlife, we should respect their natural tendency to not be troubled by the concerns of mouthy mortals. Answer the question, Morneau. Do you plan on holding this against me forever? No, but there's a good chance you will. She planted her fists on her hips. What does that mean? It means you can't take a life and think it won't have some effect on you. Even if the life in question wasn't worth much. It's not about what a deranged scumbag old Larry was. It's about you not being that type of person. In fact, I'd be way more concerned if you didn't start falling apart at some point. So instead of all the yakety yak, just give me a heads up when that first wave of moral discomfort rolls in and I'll look the other way. I think we've established that I'm not any more interested in emotional commiseration than you are. But I'm not in the habit of tiptoeing around reality either. Holy fucking Jehovah, you're so full of shit right now I can taste it. Carla yanked the rubber band from her hair and was in the middle of running her fingers through it when her eyes widened and she stared at something over my shoulder. Morneau, don't move. There was a few seconds between my internal monologue grumbling, Damn it, what now? And me doing exactly what she warned me not to do. When I slowly swiveled around, I was staring at a black bear that was approaching with what looked like purpose. 
and I wasn't crazy about what I figured that purpose was. Our first inclination as an upright walking species is to fear that which we do not understand. I can tell you that while I fully understood the implications of the three to four hundred pound beast closing in on me, my bowels almost ceded to the aforementioned fear. The green tag on its ear told me it was considered a nuisance animal. Another bit of information I could attribute to book research, though the knowledge gave me no amount of comfort. Animals were often tagged that way if they'd gotten into a residential area and caused enough trouble that it required relocation. When the bear stopped, I quietly addressed Carla with my back still to her. No sudden movements. Don't look it in the eye. And if you can grab the gun from the bed of the truck, now would be a real good time. Do it slowly. I backed up, but stopped when the bear made a moaning sound and stomped the ground with a paw. I had no way of knowing if Carla had the gun, but I did know the stomping business wasn't a good sign. The bear didn't appear to be in any better mood than I. It huffed air out of its nose and continued to move toward me as I simultaneously cursed myself for not having given Carla a quick rifle tutorial earlier and heard what I hoped was the click of the safety behind me. The rifle she held was a lever-action weapon, unlike the one we left in Laurentio's shack. Apparently, Jim Bob was one of those traditionalists who liked to stalk his game and shoot from his hindquarters. All of this... In addition to my internal lament at the idea of dying completely sober, was rattling around in my head as the bear got within a foot of me and swiped a heavy paw. I heard the ratchet of the lever just before Carla screamed, Duck! She needn't have bothered. Playing dead was already queued up at the top of my to-do list, if only for the lack of a better alternative. Funny thing, Sidling up that close to death by bear mauling, I wasn't in a hurry to get up. In fact, even though I'd felt the thud next to me and could hear Carla whimpering as her feet displaced falling leaves on her approach, I stayed down there and sniffed the earth, suddenly feeling like it might be a good time to take a nap. Maybe after I emptied my bladder. Actually, on further internal inspection, I'd have no problem pissing my pants right there. The trouble it would take to get up, do my business, and then get back down on the comfortable wet ground didn't seem worth the effort in the grand scheme of things. Get up. I'm not sure he's dead. Carla had stopped a few feet away by the sound of it, but I was still guesstimating. I hadn't opened my eyes. Oh, I think it's safe to assume the bear's down for the count. What with my appendages still being attached? I'm serious, Morno. Get up. I opened one eye and saw the large paw on the ground about an inch from my nose, close enough that I could feel the heat coming off its body. It looked like Carla had hit the animal in the head because blood was oozing out around it, mixing with the mud on the ground. I sat up and stared at the bear. It was impressive, larger than me and probably twice my height. I rolled onto my stomach and began the task of getting to my feet much to the chagrin of my popping knees. Pretty good aim. Carla shook her head and stared at the bear. It was a lucky shot. I closed my eyes and pulled the trigger. Well, that pisses me off. Yeah, I figured it would. That's why I told you. 
But her heart wasn't in it. She was too busy looking at the felled animal with what appeared to be a heavy sense of remorse. I brushed the larger clumps of dirt off my pants and watched her hesitantly kneel next to the animal. She had a hand out to touch it, but stopped in mid-movement. It's dead, Carla. You can touch it. I understood the feeling, that sense of something frightening, yet majestic, right there within arm's reach. Rarely does one have the opportunity to get so close to a wild creature, and when you find yourself there, you can't help but wonder if it's real. She reached out slowly and touched the animal's paw, running her hand down the length of its pelt, like you might a resting dog. Then she started to cry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I knew it wasn't just about the bear, but it wasn't about Lorenzo either. It was about everything that had happened in her life up to a point that ended with an innocent animal being shot in the head in the middle of the Florida Everglades on a day when the sum total of its nefarious intent was the desire for something to eat. As is always my natural inclination, I steered clear of the dramatic moment and offered her a hand up. Okay, Annie Oakley, I guess it's time we... But that's all I got out. As soon as she was on her feet, she wrapped her arms around my waist and hugged me. She was getting all slobbery and girlish, I suspect, because recent events were finally sinking in. But as is often the case with trauma, all you know is that you're suddenly very exhausted and aren't sure what's supposed to happen next. I let her get out whatever she needed to get out, mostly all over my shirt, as I stared at the gun where she dropped it on the ground next to the truck. I thought you said you and Muggs only fired handguns. How'd you know to cock the lever? Carla pulled her face away from my chest and stared up at me with a scowl. I'm not an idiot, Morno. That's the thing I like about Carla. She can go from zero to sixty, sad to irritated, in the blink of an eye. Not sure if that's a brain chemistry thing or a woman thing. And frankly, I don't care. Because it tends to work to my advantage. I'm not the consoling type. Wipe your snot on my shirt as much as you want to. But when you're done blubbering, be done with it. Carla was clearly done with it. She sniffed hard once more, wiped her nose with the back of her hand, then headed for the truck. By the way, playing dead around a bear is just stupid. They tend to eat dead things. Duck doesn't mean curl up into the fetal position and hope for the best. It means get the fuck out of the way. <laughs>